0: Welcome to the Market Leaders Podcast, where you'll find valuable marketing and business development insights from legal innovators. The podcast series is brought to you by Ackert, the company behind Practice Boomers, Practice Viewer, and Practice Pipeline, the leading business development pipeline management tool for law firms. Hello, and welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and today I'm joined by Marcy Borgelschunk, the founder of the Tilt Institute. Marcy, great to have you with us today.
1: Great to be here. Thank you, David.
0: Tell us a little bit about the Tilt Institute and your background, if you don't mind.
1: Of course. The Tilt Institute and I help law firms transform information into insights and then implementation. I've always been a bit of a a data geek. I worked in economic consulting supporting expert witnesses in litigation cases, such as antitrust and contract disputes. And it was fascinating work, but I realized that I, I enjoyed the Business side more than the actual law that, that I was involved in. So from there, I found the BTI consulting group, which is where I worked for 11 years um, and helped to build the legal vertical. I know most people on the call will be familiar with BTI. Enjoyed that, love it. And I wanted to better understand how to implement and execute on some of the changes that the clients wanted their law firms to make. So I left BTI, found Lawvision, and joined their strategy team for three and a half years before I launched the Tilt Institute two years ago.
0: Now, I know one of the many things that you provide through Tilt includes competitive intelligence advisory services. So tell us about some of the common themes you see in today's approach to competitive intelligence. It's a hot area, one that I think a lot of people would like some more insights into
1: it is a hot area. So we teamed up with Akratas, who's a market research firm. They're out of the UK, but they do a a lot of research for the legal industry globally. And we put together a study to better understand where law firms were with respect to competitive intelligence and how they were using data within their firm. And what we learned um, was pretty interesting. I think there were some basic statistics, of course, that 80% of firms have somebody dedicated to CI in some capacity, but only 52% of the firms had formal functions. And we were really focused on the AMLA 200 and Global 100 firms. So we were really looking at large law, big law in this context. What was interesting is we, we did ask the individuals, the lawyer leaders, and the marketing leaders that we spoke to, to tell us from their perspective how effective their CI functions were at helping them make better, more strategic decisions. And on a scale of one to 10, the average was 6.4. They acknowledged very clearly that they are at the beginning stages. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity for law firms to really invest and grow their CI functions. There were some, of course, that were more effective than others, and there were some characteristics that defined those. There were four in particular that stood out. One was they were engaging in more strategic activities, so not more strategic on a relative scale, but more as a percentage of their time uh, strategic than tactical activities they were centralized. They typically had an analyst or somebody from a corporate CI function or a financial firm. At least somebody on their team was a trained analyst, which was unique. And then, of course, not surprisingly, they excelled at connecting the dots because I think that's ultimately what we're all trying to do in the BD functions um, across the firm is trying to figure out how do we take all these disparate pieces of information And pull them together in a way that gives us relevant insights. Highly effective CI functions are are really doing that well.
0: Great. So those are some of the common themes you see. Can you speak for a moment to the strategic benefits of CI? In other words, how much of this is smart, business oriented, strategic thinking versus fear-oriented, oh no, I don't want to miss out on something that another firm that's competing with me might be doing, but may not necessarily really move the needle in a productive direction?
1: There's no single answer to that. I think what firms are doing is different. Those that are highly effective at CI do gain benefit from a financial perspective. They have faster growing revenue. There are financial benefits. There are also brand benefits. So those that are highly effective at CI manage to boost their positioning in the marketplace as well as an industry as a whole. I think that we're not at the place yet where CI is necessarily a a distinct competitive advantage. I think that the idea of what you said, you know, what is everybody else doing? The c- competitive analysis and spending a lot of time, you know, putting together dossiers on clients. We're getting to the point now where that really is common sense, as opposed to a distinguishing factor, right? You need to understand your clients in order to service them well. So, for those firms that do not have ACI function or are not doing kind of those basics, I think they they may start to fall behind. Uh, But for those that are doing those basic functions, it certainly isn't going to push them ahead all that much further than, than where they are now.
0: Well, I think it's interesting what you said. Earlier, you referenced the concept of connecting the dots. And it looks like there is a line between the dots of good CI and healthy profit and revenue. But I think the key word here is good or effective CI. CI alone doesn't get you there.
1: Exactly.
0: So tell us about some of the resources law firms are turning to for competitive intelligence.
1: Sure. One of the things that I think may be a false notion of CI is that CI is exclusively external. Um, and you know, maybe it's about definitions and nomenclature and everybody defines CI a little bit differently depending on what industry you're in or even who you're talking to. When I look at competitive intelligence, I really look at it as inclusive of information about your clients that you're getting internally that also gives you insights and perspectives. And some people do call that business intelligence. But I feel like without that information, so without understanding your clients internally, so which clients are more profitable than others, have higher profit margins, which clients are in which industry sectors, which clients are growing in terms of their billing. How long have they been with your firm? Understanding all of those aspects and elements, I think, is a critical piece of the CI portfolio. Then once you get that, I think there are a set of tools out there. The most prevalent, of course, are the ones we hear about every day. We've got Westlaw, LexisNexis, and Pacer, which are used by almost everybody that we spoke to uh, as part of the survey that we did with Aquitas. Then there's others that are frequently used. I think some of the most valued based on the feedback that we got from the firms themselves were uh, Monitor Suite, uh, which can track litigation transactions and IP, and CapIQ, which is an extraordinarily powerful tool. Then there's a whole other set of tools that fall under the current awareness category, so keeping up with what is going on. With your clients in the news, um, timely topics and trends, thought leaders, influencers in particular industries. So, those tools are Manzama, Bloomberg Convergence, and Lexus News Desk, I think falls in that category as well. Uh, you can use a tool like MarketLine to get some of that information, both uh, information about companies and thought leader information. Then there's the more I guess, specialized tools, right, where you're going after information from particular area. So you've got Merger market for, market for Mergers, excuse me. You've got Lex Machina, which is not necessarily specialized. They, they're very much coming up on the heels of Monitor Suite, and they've got some great dashboards and tools to be able to understand how to differentiate yourself, maybe in an RFP process where you're trying to say, okay, if we go in front of a certain judge or if we're have litigation in a particular court system, this is either our firm's track record versus others, or this is how other companies in your industry clients are handling these dockets versus what what we can do for you. So I think it's helpful from that perspective. We're starting to see more analytical tools that are dashboards that are kind of sitting on top of the data and enabling the firms to take information from various sources and start to draw connections between them or take the data and visualize it in a way that makes it more powerful and resonates more strongly with the lawyers. So you've got Tableau, you've got Click, Tellius is another one. So those tools are really just starting. They're quite common in other industries. They're just starting, I think, to get a bigger platform here within the legal industry.
0: Yeah, we're finding that with Practice Viewer launched that this year into the marketplace. And it's still something that people look at and say, yeah, you know, this is something that we would like to have, but we're not quite ready for. There's always the concern of garbage in, garbage out in terms of the data, so that visualizing that data may not be as useful. It's a fair statement to say that we're at the early stages when it comes to our CI functions. Um, What are some of the obstacles or ways you see law firms being successful?
1: Sure. Some of the primary challenges that we see are the silos within firms, I think can be extraordinarily challenging for CI folks. So most CI departments at this point are under the marketing and BD function, and that's helpful. However, they also are dealing most often with middlemen, right? So they're working with the BD folks who are working with the attorneys. And the communication doesn't always clearly get disseminated across the firm. And we know that, I think, to be true in in a lot of different functions within the law firms, right? I mean, even one practice area may not know what another practice area is doing, let alone getting it from the lawyers to the administrative functions and starting to have a, a consistency of message. So those silos within law firms are particularly challenging with competitive intelligence, because if you don't understand what it is that you're looking to accomplish and what the big picture objective is, it makes it really hard to deliver the relevant research and insights. But another aspect of the siloed communication, I think, is the fact that not all firms can clearly articulate their strategy and goals, either from a firm-wide perspective or even from a practice group perspective or industry group perspective, it's not just about whether or not they're communicating. In some instances, it's sheer absence of, of having clarity around those goals and objectives, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think just as you point to the siloed challenge, I think that objectives tend to be thought of in those silos too. Lawyers are very focused on the objectives of their practice of themselves individually, less so of the teams and groups that they're a part of, and certainly less so in terms of recognizing that this title partner means that they really are part of a larger entity and need to think from the perspective of an organization executive, not you know a, a service expert who just happens to have that title. So, what are your recommendations on some baby steps when it comes to competitive intelligence?
1: So now we're in a position that we have all of this information, and unfortunately, that's what it is, information, not necessarily insight. So step one is, of course, to get the analytical horsepower that you need in order to transform those insights into intelligence. So something that you can act on where you have relevant insights to what it is that you're looking to accomplish. Then from there, the trick is, how do you then transform that into change? you can build the best business case possible. And if you can't get people on board, then you're not going to, it's not going to make a difference. The components and elements of change management are really about head and heart. So getting people on board by making those emotional connections and emotional connections are, you know, the essence of, of leadership, right? So it's really getting to the place where you have lawyer leaders who understand how to make those emotional connections and how to drive change through the principles of change management. So we, uh, for 2019, are launching a, a program called Leading the Legal Revolution. It's based on some programs I've done with firms internally for the past several years that really delves into this concept of how to look holistically at change, how to think critically about some of the issues that are coming our way and what the future of law looks like and what does that mean for our law firms and how do all these different facets interrelate with one another in order to come up with solutions that are actual realistic concepts that we can execute on. You know, as opposed to simply these these ideals where you're looking at it in an isolated manner and only going down one path, you're able to kind of look take this holistic perspective, bring it all together and give these leaders the tools that they need to deal with real life problems in a manner that will affect change. It's exciting. I've enjoyed the programs that I've done internally with firms, and this is this will be the first year that we're doing an open enrollment.
0: So if people want to learn a little bit more about this program, where can they go?
1: It's com forward slash revolution. Uh, we did a fun play on revolution with a little r and a big e uh, for the purposes that in, in some respects, this is really an evolution of the legal industry as opposed to a revolution. Thinking through the ideas that we're not you know, simply going to transform the entire universe to get from point A to point B we can make incremental changes to move us along the path to the future of law.
0: Well, I appreciate your insights today and shining a flashlight down that path and uh, the work that you're doing to propel law firms into the future, uh, one leader at a time, it sounds like, and and in many cases, (laughs) uh, one leadership body at a time. Um, But it's uh, important, I think, that we have uh, people like yourselves who incite these evolution revolutions so that uh, law firms can begin to think differently and ultimately behave more strategically and, uh, and then beyond that become more successful. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Thanks for sharing uh, some of that work and some of those thoughts with us today. Really great to have you on the program, Marcy.
1: Thank you, David. It was my pleasure. I appreciate you having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Market Leaders Podcast. For more business development resources, visit ackertinc.com.